When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon, everybody, alongside Chris Halleck. My name is Corey Chris, and today is Wednesday, August 23rd, 2023, and this is the Southside Beat Podcast, the live edition, live streamed every Monday through Friday from 3 to 3.30 Eastern on the DK Pittsburgh Sports YouTube channel and available later on in podcast form. This is a good day, Chris. Let me it's tell you. It's a great day. It's a great day. It's a great day for a king. Let me tell you why. why. Well, not just because of um, <laughs> one certain signing, a, re- a royal signing, a regal signing, but also it's handbook day for the lovely members of the Football Writers Association Ooh. of America. You know, for those that cover the college football. So we got that in today. We're feeling good about the handbook. We're also feeling good about Desmond King, Chris, as nothing yeah. officially announced uh, by the team as of right now, but. The Steelers appear to have added another cornerback to that room. Desmond King, former All-Pro cornerback and punt returner with the Chargers. He was cut by the Houston Texans as part of their, you know, 53-man roster shaping. And here we go. I mean, this is good competition for that room. Braden Mann gets cut, so there's your corresponding move, so to speak. The Mann cut is official. The King signing is not. But, Chris, we're still going to talk about Desmond King assigning that if he's anything like the 2018 version, this is going to be one heck of a get. Yeah, I mean, it really is just amazing how I, I don't want to say that Omar Khan is just this good at his job because it seems impossible for one man to be this good at his job. But this entire year for him has been just, just really just crazy to think about, starting off with, with getting – all of the contract extensions done last year during training camp and preseason, and then making that midseason trade, trading Chase Claypool for the first, for the second round pick, which ended up being the first pick of the second round, and then everything that he's done in free agency and then the draft, and here we are, less than two a week and a half from the first game of the season, and he adds a guy like Desmond King, who I mean, the fact that he's a free agent at this point, you know, probably says something about the fact that, yeah, he's probably not the same version that he's always been, but shoot, we're seeing what happens with, with these players sometimes with Quan Alexander. Like sometimes these guys, they need to be in the right fit. They need to be in the right scheme. They need to be in the right defense, the right system, whatever it is. And things work out great. And that room all of a sudden looks a lot better mm-hmm. with Desmond King in it because now you got Joey Porter Jr., you got Levi Wallace, you got Patrick Peterson, who will be bouncing back and forth between the outside and the slot. It looks a lot better now than it did 24 hours ago mm-hmm. uh, when we were talking about what, you know, when we're leading up to the to the 53-man roster cut, what, what positions can they address? We talked about cornerback quite a bit. Well, they got one, and they got one with – it's a low risk, high reward type signing too. And, and since we got off the air yesterday, of course, around three thirty Eastern, the four o'clock deadline hit. We heard around four o five of the Steelers' official fifty three man roster, mm-hmm. and it was a surprise a bit that they kept two punters. You know, Braden Mann kept on the initial fifty three man roster, and uh, obviously this afternoon we found out 
the Steelers were releasing him. So that's going to be the corresponding move. There were thoughts that they could get a trade going with another team, potentially Philadelphia, but evidently for either man or Harvin, whoever it was actually going to be, evidently it was going to be man. That was, you know, the likely trade candidate still didn't work out, but now this adds another wrinkle to that secondaries. So well done, Spice Creations. I'm sorry. I just I that one's just that that's too good. That's a good that's, comment. That's they released worth man when they got king. That's, that's great. That's amazing. Um, but um, like you said, and now this kind of pushes James Pierre a little bit. This is the one guy that I think this is gonna really light a fire under because yeah. Pierre, it to me, didn't have a great camp. He was kind of pushed away, you know, from Chandon Sullivan, there was a thought that, you know, he was on that fringe of the 53. Um, obviously, they cut Trent Thompson. They cut Kenny Robinson. They cut Trey Norwood. That was also thought of as a surprise. Mm-hmm. But now James Pierre gets to kind of float around a little bit as that fifth cornerback, so to speak. And I'm curious to see how they handle punts now because Calvin Austin and Gunnar yeah. Olszewski are the punt returners. And mm-hmm. Desmond King has capability in it. So yep. this also does help Danny Smith in, in the return room. Yeah, it's and this is just one other thing that I really like about this roster. And it's why it's one of the reasons why I'm trying to not get too excited or too overhyped about this team. But this roster has so much not only depth, but versatility and flexibility. And that's just this right here. Not only, like you said, not only deepens the cornerback room, but it gives yet another option Mm -hmm. to in the return game. And that I think is something that every good team has is you always have somebody who's right behind you. Who's willing, who's going to be able to push you for your job. Not that that's their intention, but if you start slipping, if Calvin Austin slips even once, there's Gunnar Olszewski and Desmond King right behind him to possibly take that, you know, and, and the same thing, it, I mean, happened with Gunnar last year, but even then it wasn't like Steven Sims was an automatic plug and play. He kind of, kind of had to earn that a little bit. This, they have three guys who are absolutely capable of doing it. And as much as people might want to be down on Gunnar, remember the dude was an all pro a few years ago mm-hmm. as a returner. So it's not like he doesn't have the capability he does. And so again, this is just, having that kind of depth and versatility is just another reason why this roster is it's a (laughs) there is a lot of reason to be excited about a roster like this for sure Mm -hmm. vegas tjg here gives us a perfect segue into our next discussion topic and that's the practice squad with the 53-man roster you know there's some tough cuts that the sealers did have to make and vegas tjg in the youtube comments you know he says resigning the defensive tackle to the practice squad is nice that's brayden fajoko and to me, Chris, Fahoko was, I don't want to say a lock for the 53, but I think he provided a different complexion compared to what Montrevious Adams and Armand Watts do as a true nose tackle. And even to an extent, looking at Keanu Benton, I yeah. love Fahoko's ability as a run stopper. I like him as a quote unquote, true nose tackle. I think it's a good depth option. And quite honestly, Fahoko's a guy that you can using a baseball term here, call up or send down oh, to the yeah. practice squad, mm-hmm. depending on the matchup. You know, you're facing the Ravens. You know they're going to run a lot. Yep. Here comes Braden Fajoko. You're facing the Browns. You know you're going to see Nick Chubb a lot. Here comes mm-hmm. Braden Fajoko. I think this is a good guy to have around in the building. That's why mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised to not see him on the initial 53. Yeah. But I'm glad that the Steelers were able to work it out, that Fajoko could come back. Yeah, absolutely. Because this is a – this is a – we kind of saw this situation happen a little bit last year whenever it's like, okay, this certain matchup is good. And plus you're always going to have injuries. It's just, it's just a part of the game, especially on 
uh, in the trenches with both, both with both the offensive line and defensive line. So there is going to be a situation where not only Fihoko is is going to he's going to earn a hat not only because of the fact that oh he's there he's on the practice squad and we might want to play he might have to be there because somebody goes down with an injury for six eight six to eight weeks or whatever it is you need that kind of depth even down to the practice squad and getting a guy like Fahoko to come back onto the practice squad you know you kind of hit all the points that I was going to say you know just you know yeah you're going to be facing teams that are going to want to run the football. Mm-hmm. And having a guy like Fihoko is going to going to do that. He's going to help prevent, you know, stop that run because he's just such a good space eater. And there's so few of them in the league nowadays. So it's it's a really really great addition to to bring back onto the practice squad for sure. Hitting the live YouTube comments for a couple here. Mahanga Hale Mike makes a great point. Four times a year. I mean, yeah. two games against the Browns, two games against the Ravens. Yep. One quarter of your season, that's a guy you can use Braden Fihoko in. Um, Sandy asked, saw Oladokun was cut. Do we have interest? I doubt it because I, I Mason Rudolph quarter, is there. Yeah, I think that quarterback room set. <laughs> I think that ship has sailed. I think Mason yeah. Rudolph. And obviously a, a point to talk about is the activation of the emergency quarterback. And mm-hmm. teams have to designate on game day an emergency quarterback. That's going to be Mason Rudolph. Um, Bob here mentions about you know Gentry getting cut, Brady Fajoko getting cut. Zach Gentry getting cut adds something different. It was kind of weird today being on the, pra- I'll say this. It was weird today being on the practice field. Yeah. And instead of the usual five people being in the tight ends room, yeah, including Connor Hayward, there were two yeah. with Pat Fryermuth and Darnell Washington, you know, yeah. Hayward, of course, working fullback tight end special teams, just about everything. That's what he's been doing in camp. So seeing two tight ends in that room is a little weird. I'm intrigued to see if Zach Gentry because I think he could start on yeah. 32 out of 32 NFL teams. Maybe not as a number one tight end, but as a really good number two. The fact that Darnell Washington came along as quickly as he did, especially mm-hmm. in training camp, that made a guy like Zach Gentry expendable. And keep in yeah. mind, Zach Gentry, that's still a million plus off the books. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer asks here, uh, how fast can we expect Kane to get comfortable in the defense and be a factor as he is getting on a moving train? I uh, love the fact that you kind of, put that in Mike Tomlin terms right there. Um, Mm -hmm. But I mean, it it is, is, it's a legitimate concern, obviously Um, by this point, everybody else in that cornerback room is going to be way more familiar because they've been there since the beginning. They've been there since the beginning of training camp. They've been there uh, throughout the preseason. Uh, Yeah. There is going to be an adjustment period, which is why I don't think you're going to see Desmond King getting a ton of snaps in week one, not unless just a lot of injuries happen, which, you know, knock on wood on that one. Uh, but it's probably going to be something where he's kind of eased in a bit. Um, but again, it's just a really good depth option to have. And you'll, and also the beginning of the season is going to give a really good barometer for like how, where Joey Porter Jr. is in terms of being capable of handling a lot of, a lot of snaps Mm -hmm. by himself on the outside. Um, we're, we're going to get an answer on that pretty quickly. <laughs> you know, I yeah. understand like they play the 49ers and their quarterback situation is a bit of a mess and play the Browns early. And that's m- mostly a running team. Uh, you might have a bit, a bit of, you know, you might get an answer to that a little bit better once they play the Raiders. Uh, you know, if he, if he has to cover Devontae Adams quite a bit, that, that, that should give you a good, but mm-hmm. as, as the beginning of the season continues to unfold, Desmond King should get more and more and more comfortable. And then that, in turn gives Tara Lawson on defense a lot of options. And a good question here from Brian. Do we expect uh, Desmond King to play inside or outside, basically? And what I think this signing does is it takes a weight off of Patrick Peterson's shoulders. Mm -hmm. You know, Joey Porter Jr., Levi Wallace are pretty much locked into the outside. 
Mm-hmm. When it looked when you look at Patrick Peterson, he was working in the slot in camp, which allowed Joey Porter Jr. to see the field with the first team. This is in Latrobe. Mm-hmm. And then now when you have a guy like Desmond King who has great speed, good ball skills, former all pro, mm-hmm. good knowledge. I think he'll be able to pick up the secondary in the system pretty quickly. Yeah. And I think this is going to benefit Patrick Peterson from the standpoint of Pat P can only focus on the outside now. Maybe yeah. there's occasional snaps that Pat P will play on the inside. But with Chandon Sullivan specializing as a slot corner, now you bring in a Desmond King. You could focus Patrick Peterson on the outside. You could focus Joey Porter Jr. on the outside. Levi Wallace isn't going anywhere. I think this helps kind of solidify the roles more mm-hmm. so than just having another body into that into that room. And I just again to to keep continue to be the, be the dead horse here, but just the options having options. Yeah. It's just you know, Akella Witherspoon goes down last year. The options all of a sudden look pretty thin. You know, mm-hmm. this year, if one of those guys happens to go down with an injury uh, for any length of time, it doesn't look as bad as it would if Desmond King wasn't there. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it's like, okay, well, you're, are you going to rely on James Pierre at that point? Like James Pierre at, at James Pierre as a fifth corner to me is is a pretty good option as like a fifth corner mm-hmm. uh, when we're talking about guys you know play on the outside or anything like that. But um, yeah, it's just again, I just go on the depth. I mean, just they addressed corner, which was probably the thinnest position. Where's the weakness on this roster right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, Randy, Randy asking the YouTube comments here. Look, he's distracted and he has a beef with me because I don't have Steelers <laughs> background in, in my background. Chris did a great job with this. this is backdrop. all collected over time, man. Chris did a great job with this backdrop. I have just a, you know, a plain little, uh, canvas painting that I really like quite nice. Um, Chris is in a bit of a different situation than me. He is in his house. He is in his space. He is in the space that he bought. More importantly, I am in a rented one bedroom apartment that I can only do so much with. So, you know, throwing nails into the wall, throwing staples into the wall, yeah. not a great thing. I, so anything I could do with those little sticky, you know, the command strips, that's yeah. what I'm going to do. And quite honestly, I like this. I think it's a cute little painting. I'm going to keep it up for now. So thanks, Randy. I appreciate you uh, <laughs> chiming in on, in on that. Um, I want to I want to go to another football point. And Ian Dunbar here, UK mm-hmm. Steelers representing from the UK. Appreciate you. Love that. Absolutely love that. Are we comfortable with cover at center going into the season? Now, look, I want you to take this, Chris, because I have some thoughts on that position. I mean, there are multiple guys behind Mason Cole who can and have played center before. Spencer Anderson can play center. Uh, Nate Herbig can play center. You have options. I, 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 I really would. It's a good thing that like everybody in the comments like can't get like a dollar for every time I say the word options because everybody would be like really rich right now. Like you have options there. You have the ability to have competition behind. Like okay, if Mason Cole ever goes down with an injury, okay, who's the who's the guy who's doing better on the practice fields every day? Mm-hmm. You know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Who's the guy who's handling those second team reps at center better? Is it Nate? Is it Nate Herbig? Is it Spencer Anderson? Like who's going to be that guy? having that internal competition on the practice fields every single day is just going to make this team better mm-hmm. because it's going to make the depth better. And so I'm honestly fine, whether it's either one of those guys, just, just because, and, and there, there's another guy who I think you want to talk about too. 
the guy I want to talk about is Dylan Cook. Yep, there you go. <laughs> the guy I want to talk about is Dylan Cook, and that's going to be a, my focal point of a bigger write-up today. That's going to be on DKPittsburghSports.com. Um, Dylan Cook is a fantastic story. He really, really, he really he is. He started as a quarterback at an NAIA program, which for those that are not college football savvy in here, that mm-hmm. is below Division Three. I mean, we're talking junior college-ish stuff. He was a quarterback at an NAIA program. Then he walked on to Montana, which Mm -hmm. is a football championship subdivision. So not even Power 5, not even FBS, not even like MAC or anything like that. We're talking the level below that. Yeah. Then he gets undrafted, goes to the Buccaneers practice squad last year, and now he's on the Steelers 53-man roster. I think that story is absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, today he was the one that got like, you know, the Chris knows, the scrum. In the, yeah. in the Steelers locker room after mm-hmm. practice. You know, yep. that's where all the TV cameras went. Yep. That's where everybody went because it's an amazing story. It really is. Yeah, it really is. Um, Dylan Cook, he said um, he was playing FIFA on his Xbox all day yesterday. He said five <laughs> hours he played FIFA and 4 p.m. hits and he didn't get a call. So that's how we found out he made the 53. And I think that's tremendous. I'm going to have more really on Dylan is. Cook and – the rest of the offensive line later on DKPittsburghSports.com. Yeah. But Cook is another option. Yeah. Spencer Anderson is another option at center. Mm-hmm. What the Steelers did, I find this fascinating, what they did with the offensive line. Nate Herbig obviously specializes in the interior, center yeah. and guard. Mm-hmm. These are the backups. Broderick Jones obviously specializes at left tackle. Yeah, And then you have Spencer Anderson, who can play all five positions on the line, mm-hmm. and Dylan Cook, who mainly specializes inside Spencer Anderson can be a swing tackle. Dan Moore in Latrobe worked as a swing tackle. Mm-hmm. You know, this offensive line to me, not only got younger when it comes to the depth. And I think mm-hmm. that was a conscious decision made by Omar Khan to yeah. get younger in the offensive line room. When mm-hmm. it comes to building behind Isaac Siamalu and Mason Cole and James Daniels and Chooksakor for the veterans in that room, Dan mm-hmm. Moore's in his third year. And he's taken the next step as a quote-unquote veteran to all these younger guys. I love the makeup of this room. I like how it can grow. And the fact that the Steelers had to kind of make a a, a tough decision on that offensive line. Yeah. You know, Kendrick Green, for all of the stuff that he's gotten over the training camp, that's still a former third-round pick. That's still a guy that's been in the building. Kevin Dotson was a guy that started, and they they chose to trade him. So Mm -hmm. that shows how much confidence they have in those younger guys in that offensive line room. It's just, I mean, and and obviously, if if those players end up playing like playing out and and it plays out well for the Steelers, that's just a testament to uh, the scouting department and and getting better at that. Because like, I think I I replied in the comments yesterday, like t- talking about like Kendrick Green, like good riddance type thing, and I was just like, listen, I wasn't ever a fan of the draft pick to begin with, so like I, I don't, I didn't understand like from like any perspective why they wanted to take him at that point it always seemed like a like a really it just didn't make a lot of sense to me and uh you kind of i'm not like you know i can be like oh i'm the expert like i'm not trying to say that now that he's not on the team anymore it's just i didn't see an actual an absolute fit okay was he going to be guard was he going to be center it just it wasn't going to work and it didn't work Mm -hmm. um they have upside now with with guys you know you have some versatility spencer anderson's not coming in and you know, 
they need to rely on him to be like a guy who's going to contribute like right away. Mm-hmm. He can learn behind the, the starting five that they have who are solidified. Uh, and if he ends up getting some snaps, it's going to be with a lot more preparation than a guy like Kendrick Green, you know, going in what he had to do, you know, mm-hmm. in his rookie year. So um, I really and thank you so much, Brooks Gaming, for, for the comment. And, mm-hmm. and, and we, we can see like all of the positive feedback. It's awesome. Thank you mm-hmm. guys so much for, for all the all the positive feedback. And remember, in 40 minutes, DK, Ramon, I, I think it went on for an, over an hour yesterday. <laughs> like the Ramon show yesterday was ridiculous with the amount of people mm-hmm. that were on, how long it went. Um, <laughs> John, hey, that's not DK. Mo. No, it's not. No. I am not Ramon Foster. He is not D, uh, DK. Um, no. <laughs> give, but, it about, uh, give it about 40 minutes. It'll be here. Yeah, um, that's here. that's what we get to do. We get to set the table <laughs> for DK and Moan, which is great because look, DK and I are on the south side. Mm-hmm. Chris gets the analytic analytical view. Ramon Foster obviously is a former player and has really good perspective from that angle. So you're getting not only two hours ish of Steelers content per day that's live mm-hmm. and, and it, it's available on playback. You know, this show will be available for playback on the website on dkpittsburghsports.com and where podcasts are found, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. So please share the word. We greatly appreciate that. This obviously is only the third episode that we're running so far. There's going to be plenty more to come. Uh, Monday through Friday we'll be here from 3 to 3.30 Eastern. And uh, this is going to be fun. It's not going to be just football either. I mean, we're talking about my – Blue Jays. My canvas Blue Jays back. (laughs) I like the painting. I think it's a cool painting. I actually had this painting – in my previous apartment when I was in Toledo and I just, you know, took it off the wall and brought it here. I could, I'm not going to show you my apartment, but I do have canvases hanging up. I have artwork that I have accrued over recent years and you know, it's hanging up somewhere. So there you go. Um, This is the how the Halloween edition of the Ramon Foster show. This is the uh, undercard. If you will, you want to call it the undercard, the pre-show, the, you know, pre-game. No, we are, I like we to are, think we're pre-gaming. We're our running. own show. We are our own show. <laughs> we are the Southside Beat. Yes, we, we come South on before DK and Ramon, and DK and Ramon is the main event, but we are our own show. Yeah, Randy, I mean, that's what we're trying to do. We'll put you on the on-deck <laughs> circle. But also, I, I like to think that we do a nice job in providing some perspective. We're obviously working some uh, technical stuff out, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, playing video clips, playing audio clips, whatever it has to be. So, um, you know, we'll work on that. Um, Ryan mentions, it just feels like the depth quality is so much better than recent years. This Ryan's been listening. Now we're talking Ryan's about the Steelers. Not, we're talking <laughs> about the Steelers, not about, you know, podcasts. Hey, we got, we, we got good depth and quality at DK Pittsburgh sports <laughs> too. So no, but I mean, Ryan's absolutely right. And, you know, I'm going to just keep beating that dead horse if I need to, man. Like the, the, the roster, I, I, I said it, I think it was on Monday that, I, I can't remember a preseason going this well, and I really can't remember a roster. It's been a while since a roster has been this deep. I don't want to say since the last time they went to the Super Bowl. Like that, that's I don't want to put the word Super Bowl with this with this team yet because there's still a lot to be proven. Mm-hmm. But in terms of where the roster is, if Kenny takes off this year and he's top 10 quarterback probably closer to the to the in the bottom half of that but if he's like top 10 top 12 quarterback in the nfl Mm -hmm. this is a like 
scary roster when it comes to possible Super Bowl dark horses mm-hmm. because there's just so much depth. There's so much quality. If one guy goes down out of position, it's not like, oh man, it's not like, okay, I hate to bring up a sore subject, but 2017 was the year that if there was going to be a year, if there was any season since the last time the Steelers went to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. 2017 was going to be the year. The offense was legit. The killer bees were going nuts. And Ryan Shazier was a defensive player of the year candidate, like yep. a legitimate defensive player of the year candidate. The minute he goes down with that tragic injury, it all went away. Mm-hmm. Because then they go into the playoffs and they can't stop Jacksonville to save their lives. It's not because the offense couldn't score points. The offense put up all those points. The the defense could not stop Jacksonville to save their lives. They could not stop. Who's the freaking quarterback again? I can't think of uh, Blake Bortles. Bortles. They couldn't stop Blake Bortles. Mm-hmm. Like it's that. But see, that's that's one thing. Like I understand that's a defensive player of the year candidate. And when like if a guy like T.J. Watt goes down with an injury, it's a huge blow. But I mm-hmm. think this year's defense is way better equipped if a TJ Watt goes down with an injury, because then, Oh, there's Marcus golden to step in. Oh, there's Nick Mm -hmm. Herbig to step in. It's better equipped to handle a loss like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to address a question from AJ. Uh, Why is the show called the South side beat? Great question. Uh, For those that are not in Pittsburgh and that are unaware um, the it's a double entendre of sorts, the Steelers practice facility. And for the fact of that matter, we're, pit practices as well they mm-hmm. share a facility is on the south side of town so it's it's kind of hidden but it's easy to find if you know where it is that's how yeah. i describe it to people um but it's on the south side of of the city of pittsburgh mm-hmm. and the beat portion of it number one i am a beat reporter i am there you know beating down the door so to speak for stories and mm-hmm. talking to players and talking to tomlin and talking to matt canada and talking to terrell austin that's part of the quote-unquote beat work that is associated with it. And the other part of beat is just, here's what it feels like there. Here's what the heartbeat of the, of the South side is. Here's mm-hmm. what, you know, the feeling and the, you know, the vibe of the South side is. So I liked it as a double entendre. It could have been called the Corey and Chris show, which Corey came up with South side beat. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking any credit for that. Corey came up with it. So John, because you don't need to, that's oh, why. Boy. That's why. <laughs> because you don't need to. Um, I want to throw I want to throw back a question up here. Um, you know, first off, riding the rage wave. I mean, you can you guys could do that all day. That's the best part of it. <laughs> Ride the rage wave into 4 p.m. Eastern, and that way when DK and Ramon sign on, they could just see it. Yeah, and they'll be like, What's going on? What did Corey and Chris do? So let yeah. that happen. Um, I want to circle back to what Joseph said here. Yeah. Uh, Joseph Donovan asked on YouTube. Big, big good one to close on, by the way. Right. Do you think do you guys think we are ready to compete for the division now that the roster is set? I love this question. I yes. absolutely love this question. Yes. <laughs> and the key context, did you hear the voice crack? The key context is compete for the division. We're not talking about Super Bowl. We're not talking about AFC championship game. Yep. We're not talking about anything like that. We're talking about competing for the division. And I think the answer to that is yes. I think this team, as it's organized, is able to compete for the AFC North, which, for my money, is one of the toughest, if not the toughest division in the NFL. Oh, it's definitely the toughest division right now, for it's, sure. It's arguable to say that Kenny Pickett is top three quarterback, top two quarterback. Is he the worst 
put in air quotes, quarterback in the division. I mean, this division is super deep and it's going Mm -hmm. to be super competitive. We'll do predictions and all that stuff as we get closer to the, the, the opener against the 49ers. But here's what I'll say right now. This team went nine and eight with half the year, Kenny Pickett learning to play quarterback with TJ Watt missing 10 games this team went nine and eight without their best player for more than half of the season. Yep. This team went nine and eight without the quarterback figuring out what he's doing for half of the year. Look at the first and the second half. I mean, literally it was a tale of two seasons for the Steelers without hyperbole, without cliche. It was a tale of two seasons for the 2022 Pittsburgh Steelers Mm -hmm. this year. The fact that they went nine and eight with all of the stuff going around it, this team could win. It should win at least 10 games. I think Yeah, it should win at least 10 games. And that's without considering the schedule. That's without considering the rest of the division. That's without considering all of the other variables that come with it. This team is equipped to win a minimum, in my opinion, 10 games. So I'll close with this because I'll have way more of my own, my own stuff before we, you know, as we get closer to the season, I put this in the Steelers feed a few days ago. I think Vegas is pretty right for the most part. There, there obviously there are. If Vegas was really, really wrong all the time, they'd be losing a lot of money. I'll mm-hmm. put it that way. Vegas has a, a line on fourteen of the se- of the Steelers' seventeen games, and the Steelers are favored in ten of those fourteen games. Yep. The only three that there that there isn't a line for are the two Bengals games because the they, they don't have anything for the Bengals past week one because of Joe Burrow's calf injury and the unknown there, and then the very final game uh, of the season against the Ravens. That's it. In the other fourteen games, the Steelers are favored in ten of them. That's all I need to say for right now. I mean, if Vegas sees it, I'm not saying that. Oh, okay, they're winning twelve games. They're going to split with the Bengals and win that final game against the Ravens. They're going to win twelve games. Not saying that. I'm just saying the confidence in what this and, and somebody said it earlier. It all comes down to Kenny Pickett. It all comes really. It does really all come down to Kenny Pickett because if Kenny does take off, the rest of this roster is set up for this team to not only compete for the division but win the division. And I'm not saying that lightly because I know how good this division is. Chris, that's a great point to end on. Those great. of you listening in, chiming in on YouTube, thank you so much for doing so. We greatly appreciate it. This show ain't going anywhere. We're going to have a lot of fun doing this show this year. We'll be back tomorrow, Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on DK Pittsburgh Sports on YouTube. And don't forget, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe where podcasts are found. You're going to find the replay. You're going to find DK and Ramon. By the way, 30 minutes from now, DK and Ramon Foster on the Ramon Foster Show. Chris and I will talk to you tomorrow.